0: Jimmy, come and make some sense, brother. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. No, I really, I really love this concept of legacy. And about four weeks ago, um, we had a, a men's event. And one of the things that we actually talked about on that night was, what do you want your legacy to actually look like? And I've, I took a photo of it and I'm going to read a couple of them because i think it's um i think it's important to kind of talk about this stuff and what is what is legacy why why is it important and some of the things that came out were um you know lover of god to have a bold faith to be obedient to the call and i think of you know we've talked about jacob and i'm going to go through a little bit of why him resting on his staff to worship is so important and I love the analogy that Steve used that the staff is like a mobile phone because in Hebrew culture boys were in coming into manhood were actually given a staff and on that staff they would etch things into it the good and the bad so when Jacob has gone and 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 blessed Joseph's sons and when he's worshiped God he's lent on everything he's lent on the good the bad the indifferent and i think that that's an amazing um that's an amazing principle that we can all take on i think that god is still god and god is still good whether it's good bad indifferent amen, amen. you know i think Jacob's legacy is an amazing one I'm going to go through it and some of some of the things that he did and weren't weren't great at the time but ultimately his legacy was in his sons and and what happened there and there's a lot of good that came from that so if you got your bibles we're going to flick through a few stories in the book of Genesis because that's where these guys are right at the the start of history and so in Genesis chapter 25 um we read about Jacob and Esau, his brother, and an account that you have um, there. So I'm going to read verses 22, 23 and 26. So uh, this is after... Uh, Rebecca became pregnant. It says, The babies jostled each other within her, and she said, Why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. Which is interesting. And then in verse um, 26, it says, After this his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel, so he was named jacob and so that whole concept of grabbing the heel is like what steve said that that deceiver or a usurper so you can look at it from being a deceiver or a replacer and both kind of fit with with jacob and it's it's not a great term i mean james so my name is a direct root from jacob so usurper is one of those uh connected to my name so when you say how do you how does it feel to have deceiver well that's it's in the history of my name it's not great but um you know it's it's important to understand though because when i'll go into another story here but ultimately he did become a deceiver at times but he was a replacer and a replacer in a good way as well so there's always there's always a good and a bad in how you weight it so in genesis 27 uh where are we we, we see this first part of his deception and he kind of he cheats his brother so Esau being the oldest in in that culture he has the birthright or the inheritance and Esau's been out working really really hard in the field and he comes in and he's famished and Jacob goes well I've got a hot pot of soup here if you want that I'll make you this if you give me your birthright so basically, if you give me your inheritance, you can have soup and you'll be fed. And Esau's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And basically gives over his inheritance for a bowl of soup. So it's not a great decision on Esau's behalf, but Jacob's gone and, and deceived. He's gone and manipulated the situation for his benefit. And it's, it's an interesting one because, I mean, we, we see that throughout history, Judas, you know, thought Jesus was this, was deceived by whatever and sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. It happens throughout history. And if you, in Genesis 27, verses 27 to 29, um, he then goes and steals the blessing that um, his father is in bed, he's dying and he wants to bless his firstborn son. So what does Jacob do? He deceives his father and he takes the blessing. And he says, So he went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness, an abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow bow down to you may those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed so for Jacob that's a pretty cool blessing but to get it he's gone and Esau had gone out and was going to kill a uh, kill some flock to bring to his dad as a really good offering so what Jacob did he was pushed by his mum was went out killed a couple of goats they stewed that up and he presented that to his father and he then cut the goat skins off and put them on his arms because it says that Esau was quite a hairy man and Jacob wasn't. And so he's deceived his father in order to do that. So not only has he cheated his brother out of his inheritance, he's then cheated his brother out of his blessing as well. And so it's not a great start. And you, know, you might say, but Jimmy, his mum forced him to do this, if you read the story. And I'd say, what 17-year-old boy is forced to do anything, especially by their mum. <laughs> that doesn't happen very often. So he's, he's calculated, he's made this. You know, that whole picture of him grabbing the heel when he comes out. You know, sometimes people can, can speak things over us and we take that on as a legacy. We don't have to take that on. We can change what that path is. And we see with what Jacob does at the end of his life, when he worships on that staff, he actually goes from being a deceiver to actually going, everything is important. You need to actually worship and, and live from that place of understanding that good and bad happen, but you still worship God regardless. You know, through all of this, we see that life has a cause and effect. You know, every action has a reaction like you think you're walking along bouncing a ball if you bounce it on a flat surface it's obviously going to bounce straight back up to you but if you're trying to walk up a hill or down a hill it's going to bounce off in different directions unless you get the angles exactly right so every action has a reaction and life has a cause and effect and so we see Jacob set a precedent here he's cheated his brother of his inheritance and of a blessing and so that starts to happen to Jacob in situations where he gets cheated. So, in Genesis 29, he, Jacob's gone off exploring the world, and he he's staying with a guy named Laban, and he's he's working for him. And Laban has two daughters, and uh, you know Jacob takes a fancy to the youngest one, the more beautiful. One And so he's like, what, what do I need to, to do to to marry your daughter? And Laban's like, if you work for me for seven years, I'll give you my daughter to marry. So Jacob goes, sweats away, works for seven years, comes to that night to get married. Laban gives him his other daughter, the one that he didn't want. So it wouldn't be great for for her knowing that she's been given to a guy who wants to marry his sister but he's gone and and worked seven years and he's been cheated he's been cheated out of what he had said so there's that cause and effect and so he had to work another seven years in order um in order to get that and i mean how often do we look at our lives and we make decisions and we do something and it and it has either a positive or a negative reaction you know you go to ikea you get something and it's a flat pack um you know, they give you instructions for a reason. Trying to to build something when you're not particularly handy in the first place, but trying to do that without reading the instructions. Four hours later, pieces are half put together, you're frustrated, and you just don't want to bar of it anymore. That's why I've got M, because M loves flat packs and she's very good at them. I'm absolutely terrible. But it's a it, it's that cause, it's it's that cause and effect. And it's the same with, you know, those of us who study. When you procrastinate on your assignments and you leave them to the absolute last minute to get them in, they're probably not going to be done as well as they could be and you're pretty stressed out about them. But life has that cause and effect. You know, and so for, ja- for Jacob, he's cheated his brother twice and he cheated his father. And then he gets cheated in return. And, you know, sometimes what we want or what we're called for is is hard work. So what's our response to that? You know, and I, I, I give it to Jacob here. He, he persevered. He worked hard for what he wanted. You know, and you fast forward to Genesis 32 and he wrestles with God and that's when he's given the name of Israel. And so therefore his sons become the 12 tribes of Israel. And, you know, it's, there's, there's some cool stuff with with the naming um, of that. You know, here in Jacob and Israel, the nation of Israel got its name and characterization. So the people who struggle with God, which is memorialised in the name of Israel, and with human beings, but they overcome. And so that's a, that's, that's a pretty cool legacy, that he's, he's wrestled, he's willing to, to wrestle with things, but he overcomes. That's a pretty good legacy to build. But then the struggle continued for Jacob. In Genesis 37, uh, he's cheated again, and this time by his own sons. As Steve mentioned, you know, Joseph was the, the youngest at that point and was Jacob's favorite. And, you know, he did something that you probably shouldn't go and tell your 10 older brothers that, you know, I've had a dream and you're going to all be bowing down to me at some point. And so they, they go and sell him. You know, that's, that's not great wisdom, from from Joseph let's be real but Jacob is cheated again and this time by his sons you know he had one one decision in or two decisions in robbing his brother of his blessing and his inheritance led to numerous moments of that deception being returned to him but we see that he learns through his life and he rests on that when he worships God through the good and the bad and it's at this point that we move to the story of Joseph and you know that original decision to tell his brothers what his dream was had a consequence of him being sold but he learns he knows what he's called to do and so we see kind of a change in the legacy and this is what I want to emphasize that you know you may have you know your dads may not be have been great dads, but you can actually change that legacy. You can actually turn that around and be, and, and be better at that. You know, all of us, there may be something in our past or in our family where the legacy isn't great, but we can change that. We can turn that around. And this is what J- Joseph does. So rather than taking on this whole mantra of, of deceiving and being a person who does that, he becomes a great man And person of integrity who is obedient you know he he works for a guy named potiphar and his wife basically throws herself on him and joseph says no 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 you're you're married i'm not doing that and she said that he was coming on to her and he raped her and so joseph got thrown into into prison and so you know you could sit there and go well i've done the right thing and this has happened what's going on but rather than him acting out of that He continues to be faithful. And so he's in prison and he meets the king's cupbearer and baker. And he interprets their dreams. And they go back and he's like, don't forget me. And they go and share it. Anyway, it's another couple of years until they remember, oh, there's this guy sitting down in the prisons that that can interpret that dream for you. And this is the, the king. And so finally he gets free. And it's 17 years later, his family come in a time of drought and they need his help, and they basically bow before him. And, you know, they weren't too far gone for redemption. You know, our past doesn't define our future, and that's an important thing. And our calling, you know, we may feel like our calling has, that that we've let it go for whatever circumstances in our life or situations have presented themselves. We've kind of let go of our calling because it's more important to, go over here or we feel unworthy of our calling or we feel like we're not good enough to actually do it or has God actually does he remember the promises that he's made to me does he remember the things that he's called to me we need to be like Joseph in that situation like his legacy was one of perseverance of faithfulness of obedience that it didn't matter what was going on he knew that God is God and God is good and that's an amazing thing. You know, how easy would it be in, if we were in Joseph's shoes to, to just give up or to make a decision based on that surface reality? You know, he could have been really, really angry with being thrown in jail for doing nothing, but instead he chose to continue to praise God and worship God. He didn't force God's hand. He didn't cheat the system like his dad did, but he turned his legacy into one of, being obedient and faithful and he was rewarded you know even when the world throws chains on us we are still called and can still succeed you know we have overcome because he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world amen and so we come back to legacy you know Jesus' legacy. He didn't cheat the system. He was God, and he could have. When they were going to, uh, when Pilate said, "You know, take him, crucify him," and the people wanted that, he could have. He could have quite easily changed that, but he was obedient and faithful to what he needed to do to bring us into his, into his kingdom. So, when what we want is hard, what's our response? Do we quit? Do we complain? Or do we persevere? What if our calling seems lost or dead? Do we change our path because we feel that's the only way to get it? Or do we trust that God is good for his word, that he fulfills his promises? Have we lost sight of our identity or, and or our purpose? Do we seek the world and try and manufacture it? Or do we spend time in the word and in prayer and seek God for what he wants for us? You know, our response in these situations is our legacy. And so we want, to, we want to pray. I'm going to get Steve and Stewie and Shungu and Tom to come up. It's a core team, guys. And, and we want to pray um, specifically for the, for the guys this morning. But ladies, you, you can take this on and spend your time with God and, and do this. But we want to pray for, for guys if you're tired and, and feel like you're just going through the motions, we want to pray for you for If you need a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost, we want to pray. If you're carrying a heavy bur- burden, we want you to give that. We want you to give that to Him. And we're going to stand with you and pray. If you feel like you've missed or lost or let go of your call, and this is a big one that Steve and I chatted about, we really feel strongly for all of these things, but particularly for this. If you feel you've lost or let go of your call or you feel like you've missed it for whatever reason, we want to pray for you. So if you feel that way on any of those, we want you to come forward and we'll pray. Dan's going to whack some music on. And so there's a space for, for the next couple of minutes for you to come up and we're, we're going to pray for you.